I've been asked this week to talk about marriage. Now, marriage is a very controversial topic, not just in the New Age community, but in the world at large. Some people see it as a beautiful expression of love. Some people see it as an archaic restriction. So who's right? The drive to pair up with someone is embedded in our DNA. It ensures the survival of our species, on both merely a procreation level and on a physical survival level. Couplehood is the primary social structure of our species. This means, at this point in time, rather than dissolving couplehood, strengthening it and transforming it into its highest aspect, actually transforms society. About 11,000 years ago, humans turned from a hunter-gatherer species into a farming species, meaning we no longer had to be mobile nomads because we learned how to corral animals and how to grow food. This is the point at which property became a concept in human society and property had to be protected, no less. Property ownership is what gave rise to economics and the idea of wealth versus poverty. It was this point that pair bonding became less about attraction and more about economics. Women and children, who also needed protection, were seen as an extension of property ownership and wealth. The arranged marriage was the first real form of socially recognized marriage to take place. Arranged marriage was designed to ensure the economic and social status of the family. This design actually lasted all the way until the 18th century, when people began to see arranged marriage as a loss of the personal freedom of love. At this point, marriage became more of a contract designed to fulfill psychological needs and personal happiness and stability than a contract to ensure social standing. Marriage is basically the act of making one's relationship known, recognized, and official to the public and it is done with the intention that the relationship be permanent throughout the duration of the couple's life. This act is even a legal action in our current society. On a surface level, a couple may marry for legal reasons, social reasons, financial reasons, religious reasons, spiritual reasons, emotional reasons, or libidinal reasons. And once the union is recognized, it is considered a contract. It is important to note that the terms of marriage are not set, they're decided upon by the couple that is participating in the marriage. The terms of marriage that are made up of rights and restrictions are heavily influenced by culture and by society. Some examples of these terms might be that you could have the right to half of someone's property when you enter into marriage, or you'd have the restriction of being unable to express your sexuality towards anyone other than the partner when you are inside of the confines of that marriage. This is where things get complicated. On an emotional level, it can be a beautiful intention to gift one's sexuality only to one person. You can, in fact, do that without restricting your love. On a social level, however, this decision might merely be a socially conditioned expectation that is a holdover from a time where illegitimate children were a threat to property and ownership rights. If this is the case, it comes from a place of restriction. 
I suggest that if you're considering getting married, or even if you are married, it's important to look over the terms of marriage with a fine-tooth comb. So you both know each other's expectations, and so each term of your marriage will be questioned by both partners fully. You do not want any surprises down the road, and it's important to be clear about your reasons for those terms instead of simply blindly accepting them. Because they were someone else's before you adopted them. From the highest perspective, the universal source perspective, everything is you. This means every person in existence is also you. So choosing or prioritizing one person over another person makes no sense from that universal perspective. As a species, when we evolve to a higher vibratory rate, the perception of separation will dissolve. Because that perception of separation will dissolve, we will not even have the desire to pair bond. It won't occur within us, and so marriage will cease to be a function of our society. So why, you might ask, is marriage in alignment? Why, from source perspective, might it be beneficial to engage in a marriage if the highest of perspectives is that we are all one? The answer is, our expansion is being served, first and foremost, by relationships. Your primary relationship is your biggest mirror. It's your biggest tool for self-awareness and for growth. Committing to your partner is the same thing as committing to self-awareness. The perspective that comes along with being pair-bonded in a unified couple is also an immense vibrational improvement upon the perspective of independent individuality. Because the perspective of independent individuality is the perspective of the ego, which sits squarely in illusion. You must evolve in order to stay happy in a relationship long-term. Why? Personalities change, desires change, bodies change, romantic love waxes and wanes, life still provides you contrast, and no relationship on earth is free of conflict. The only way to remain happy and to remain together is to develop flexibility, to develop openness, and to become your highest self. Those are all highly spiritual states to be in. So marriage in and of itself is a spiritual practice. It's one that some of us choose and some of us don't. As I said before, the highest spiritual practice involved with marriage is mirroring. This person is going to mirror you and your vibrations exactly. Now if we were to not commit to marriage or a long-term relationship, we would be likely to run from person to person to person when the going got tough. That means when our shadows were reflected to us through our partner, we would move on to the next partner and enjoy a one or two month hiatus where that was an experience of joy based on our sexual biochemical reactions. But after that, our shadows would crop up through that person as well. And we could keep bouncing from person to person to person, trying to escape our shadows, instead of turning around to face and transform them. Which is the opportunity that marriage offers. By committing to someone else in marriage, we are ultimately committing to ourselves. Marriage is an opportunity to harmonize and to find unity with someone who you currently perceive as other. This is why it so often takes place between the polarity of a female and a male. But it does not always have to be the case. As long as you are finding unity with someone who you perceive as other, whether it be female or male, you are in the practice of oneness 
and of unity. Whether or not a marriage takes place legally is a legal decision more so than it is a love decision or a spiritual decision. If you want to legally marry somebody, it should be because you want the legal, social recognition of that unity. The spiritual ceremony of marriage is much more important than the legal ceremony if you're getting married for love or spiritual reasons. It is the opportunity to set forth a very powerful intention to remain unified and for that unity to be supported by others. This intention brings us back to the most ultimate truth of oneness, which is why weddings can be so beautiful. They remind us all of our true essence, which is love. It is crucial that we understand that you cannot ever know what you're going to want tomorrow or in the future. You must stay in alignment with your new desires, and each relationship that you get into will give rise to new desires within you. In order to stay happy in a relationship, your relationship has to line up with those new desires. Otherwise, both partners will go different ways. When a desire is born, it cannot be denied. This causes great suffering and eventual death. For a couple to stay happily married, they cannot settle. They must continually evolve in tandem. If a couple wants drastically different things and wants them badly, they must part ways. And no kind of promise or contract should ever hold them together. It is no kind of enlightened state to thwart your own desire for the sake of a promise that you made. Universally, this is not seen as an admirable quality. It is seen as self-sacrifice. Now, before you start to panic and think, there's no way that I'm ever going to meet a person whose desires aren't going to drag them in the opposite direction. I know how many times I change my mind on a daily basis. You have to realize that you can't have a desire that isn't meant to be yours. That means if it is a desire for you to stay in a lifelong relationship, then it is possible for the universe. Not only possible, the universe will bring you a relationship with somebody who is capable of staying in tandem with you for the totality of their life, even through all of their changes, even when you are both aligning with each of your desires. It's really interesting that marriage has become so much about love that that has become its own religion. Many people believe that it's wrong to get married for any other reason than love. But it's no more wrong than it was back when, when the only reason we got married was for social standing. Marriage does not necessarily have to be about love. It's not wrong if it isn't about love either. It's just as good if it is about love as it is if it is not about love because it is a lifestyle decision. And that is how the universe sees it. Because no kind of contract means more than your personal intention. And no desire is wrong. This means, if you want to get married for financial reasons, that is fine, there is nothing wrong with you. If you want to get married for a green card, that is fine, there is nothing wrong with you. If you want to get married for social standing, that is fine, there is nothing wrong with you. If you want to get married for love, that is fine, there is nothing wrong with you. What is important is that you're clear about your reasons. If you are not clear about your reasons, you're being run by societal conditioning. You are out of alignment with your own personal truth. The basic argument against marriage is that it is an archaic idea that restricts love, because it forces you to express your love only to one person at the exclusion of everyone else. It's an interesting perspective 
Because it is true that marriage will cease to be a function of our society in the future. But what these people who are pushing against marriage don't understand is that they're skipping a step. And I have a little secret. The majority of the people who push against marriage, who are anti-marriage, are doing so from a place of resistance to marriage. So they are not purely in alignment. They're in resistance to marriage because they feel as if marriage is a lack of freedom. And they disbelieve that they can find one person who makes them happy throughout the totality of their life. That makes it easier to believe that marriage is not good or is not meant to exist than it makes it easy to line up with marriage. Many of us in the New Age are major supporters of polyamory because we understand that polyamory is where the human race is going. But we are in resistance to marriage. So what we need to do when we're in resistance to something is to release that resistance. To try to find a way to see marriage as freedom and marriage as potentially good for us. This is the only way we're going to truly align with polyamory. How do you know that you are in resistance to monogamy instead of truly aligned with polyamorous relationships? The people you attract on a romantic level resist your polyamory. You will continually find people who want to have only an exclusive relationship with you, and they will be resistant to your choice in life. You will perceive yourself as hurting a great many people by trying to stay true to your polyamorous nature. That means you are out of alignment. If you were truly in alignment with polyamory, you could only experience other people who were also in alignment with polyamory, not monogamous people who were in relationships with you, making you feel as if you're more restricted. We are trying to skip a major step when we try to skip from where we are to a state of pure, in-alignment polyamory. We don't understand that this is not a step which most of us within society are ready to make because most of us have not even figured out how to have harmonious, monogamous relationships in the first place. As I said before, most people in today's society are not capable of polyamory. Even the people who enjoy their polyamorous lifestyle tend to leave a trail of tears in their wake. Why is this? It's because we all base our self-esteem off of our primary relationships, especially our romantic relationships. And this is due to how we are parented as children in this current society. Until the way we parent children changes, most of the people in society will be dependent on others for their self-concept. I see a great many people in the New Age community trying to become okay with open relationships based on the idea that the state of non-restriction of love's various expressions is a more spiritual state to aspire to be in. Meanwhile, they feel terrible about feeling terrible about it. But the reality is, none of us love ourselves fully, and so we're yet again skipping a step. Most of us don't love ourselves. You cannot move into a polyamorous relationship if you do not love yourself. For those of us that don't love ourselves completely, the next step we need to take is the step of valuing ourselves enough that we allow ourselves to experience a relationship where someone chooses us and only us as their partner and mate in life. If you would like to experience a monogamous relationship with someone who thinks that the sun rises and sets with you, it is a desire which is meant to be yours. Maybe you'll get into this relationship, which is fabulously monogamous, 
And after years of experiencing that, you'll both be ready to change, and then you'll evolve into the next phase, which is a polyamorous relationship. Or maybe you'll spend those years together and you'll decide that it's wonderful and you'll stay together in a state of monogamy for the rest of your life. I'm not going to lie to you. Marriage can destroy people's lives. But marriage can also provide an opportunity for healing on many levels. This is really why the vows should read, Till expansion do us part, rather than till death do us part. Marriage is a very unique choice because it is the choice to include someone else's happiness in our happiness. We do not have a responsibility to other people's happiness. But once we enter into a union, into a monogamous relationship, and especially into a marriage, we are, in essence, saying that your happiness matters to my happiness. And so, by taking responsibility for my happiness, I am taking responsibility for your happiness. And by taking responsibility for your happiness, I am taking responsibility for my happiness. What a beautiful choice to make. In the physical dimension, we live in a binary universe. The duality is a source of contrast. The unification of this duality is bliss. Marriage provides us the opportunity to live out the physical expression of this unification of dual aspects. It is my belief that the reasons behind getting married should be questioned fully before you enter into any kind of matrimonial arrangement. But it's important to understand that there is nothing wrong with choosing to be married, and there's nothing wrong with choosing to not be married. They are both their own specific kind of spiritual practice. And it can be a very beautiful commitment to engage in the practice of marriage. Have a good week.